Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Pro Beautiful podcast. I have been thinking recently about bees. So one of my friends loves bees and beehives. She loves the symbolism of bees, that the bees work together. And, you know, for me, I was a beekeeper for a while, and I loved learning about them, that they're one of only two insects that produces a crop that's useful for mankind. The other one, of course, is silkworms. And I love that from a gestational standpoint, that the queen's gestation time is shorter than the worker bees, which is shorter than the drones. So the drones are the males and they don't really do anything except one of them on occasion gets to impregnate the next queen. But in the meantime, they all just kind of like hang out <laughs> in the hive, not doing a whole lot of anything. And yet there's the, the worker bees. And when they're first, when they first emerge, they have their time of growing and they, they are cared for by the hive. And then just the amount of energy that these little bees do, the ways that they're able to direct one another for where the flowers are, it's amazing. So exciting. So I absolutely love the bees and the bees are absolutely gut-wrenching for me. So when I first started my beekeeping journey, I have a beautiful photo of me. I'm wearing a wide-necked sweater no protective gear, and I'm dumping the bees into the hive. Just complete faith that they were going to love me as much as I loved them. And that first time, it totally worked. (laughs) It was a beautiful and a magical beginning. And the problem was that those top bar hives that I had tried, that my husband had lovingly constructed from scratch, from plans we found on the internet, that that just didn't work. So that year was a total bust. The next year, we started again. I should say I started again. I think at some point in that first year, I got stung on the face right by the eye and my face swelled up. So it was unrecognizable for a few days. And it was hard to have the same level of trust. Like I came to you in peace and you stung me. What's that about? And so the next year I had the the normal beekeeper covering for my head and I sought to do what I could for the bees for whatever reason, that first week of June that year, it was 106 and all of the newly formed hives melted and crushed all of the bees in those two hives. So second year was a bust. Third year, tried again, was excited sort of, (laughs) more with trepidation at this point because the previous year had been so gut-wrenching, but I truly wanted this to work. And I don't remember now all of the ins and outs, but At different times, we would have swarms, and that would be really exciting, catch the swarms. There's multiplication, and at some point, uh, none of the beehives were really producing enough. And so I remember this was before Costco was just 45 minutes away up in town. It was two hours away, and we would drive, and I would buy hundreds of pounds of sugar, and I would make gallons and gallons of sugar syrup and feed the bees to just keep them alive a little bit longer. But... In retrospect, I think that the queen had probably died and uh, it was just a disordered hive. And so I was feeding hundreds of pounds of sugar for no real reason. And so those hives eventually died out, still had no honey. And so at some point, you know, probably year four or five, um, I was still beekeeping. At that point, I had started using smoke because I was really, really done with getting stung. And 
I was kind of like, I don't even care if they think that there's a forest fire coming. Like that will be just fine with me because I will be safe. And there was a level of security with that, but, um, that year too, they just didn't stay. I don't, I, and I was kind of like, we've run through every other possible horrible scenario at this point. So maybe if I just like, maybe this time is the time that they get foul brood. So I just didn't even go to the hives for a while because I didn't want to clean out a bunch of gunky dead bee bodies that need to be burned. That sounded awful. And what happened though is when I eventually went to the hive, (laughs) I was expecting that the snakes and the mice and everything had come and had eaten whatever maybe was left. And instead, when I went to pick up one of the supers, which is like the little top area where there's honey for the keepers to take, the supers were full. And I was not expecting that at all. And so in the end, I had a honey harvest. It wasn't a lot. It was probably a couple gallons, um, which is definitely not a lot considering the thousands of dollars that I spent on beekeeping equipment, on sugar, um, just the time spent, but it was like, there was a sweetness yet retained to me. There was a final parting gift as they had gone. And I was, I was praying about that because I was like, Lord, I love bees in concept. I love that people speak of them prophetically, that they're pollinators, that they're light bringers, that they make sweetness, that they're new life, um, Bees are one of the insects that actually go through a process of metamorphosis, which is just awesome. Then I think about how their community, unity, their family, that there's like the the connections and, and it's an ordered community. It's all so beautiful. And then I have my own complicated story where even now talking about it, like I can remember the disappointment. I can taste the disappointment around like are you kidding me, God? Like people in the suburbs can keep bees. And here I am on a farm and everything else is failing. And the bees too are failing. Like how unkind, how unfair, how frustrating and disappointing. Oh, Jesus, we come to you with our ashes and we give you the ashes. And what was so beautiful... is I was praying through this, not on my own, because sometimes when you pray through hard things, it's like, oh, I can just deal with that myself. And in this case, it was like, I actually need to speak this out to someone else. And so I was speaking this out to Cindy McFadden, my healing prayer person. And she said, you know what I heard? (laughs) And she's like, I'm kind of sorry. This is just what I heard, which is the Lord said, my ways are not your ways. And she was kind of like, I hate it when he says that because it's true, but it's, there's no comfort in it. You know, you're kind of like, oh, uh-huh, fantastic, I know. And yet, there is for me a comfort because I thought, no, that's always what I've thought. Like, there is a mystery here that I don't understand. And it's, it is what it is, you know, like, I wish the bees had worked out, but they didn't. And so, then she said, some harvests you won't see. <laughs> And that actually made me cry a little bit because the reality is, yep, there were harvests from the bees that I didn't see. And yet one of the beautiful things (laughs) is that I get emails on occasion from people who are on my email list. And by the way, if you would like to be on my email list, you can just send me an email at amy at workplaceprayer.com and I send out emails every day about prayer. So they're totally different than the podcast, but you can get on and that will be lovely. 
Anyway, but I get emails on occasion from people who are on my email list and they say, you are making a difference, but you have no idea. (laughs) And it's true. I have no idea. (laughs) So there's a level of even, I receive that message, not just like there are some harvests you don't see because they don't exist, but I'm receiving it as there are some harvests you don't see because they are hidden from you. (laughs) I don't know in the spirit what it meant that I kept going year after year trying to keep bees that just never stayed around. I don't know. I don't know what that did. And yet the Lord knows. And then there was that piece of saying, there was a harvest retained to you. There was a bit of redemption. There was a bit that through obedience, I received a blessing that I received that kindness. And then the hard part of this particular word was to say, Lord, what does it look like to not be hard in myself? What does it look like to say, I was really disappointed by that. And yet I need to not close off my heart from the bees. I need to not shut down and say, I'm going to deny community. I'm going to shut out the things that work together in favor of being an isolated individual because then I don't get my heart hurt. Oh, so that was my prayer, that my heart would be a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone. (laughs) And Cindy said, but Amy, you do know that you're going to be disappointed, right? (laughs) And there's a part where it's like, I didn't actually want to hear that. And yet that's also just truth that, yes, of course I'm going to be disappointed, (laughs) I live in the world. And so, oh, Jesus, we ask that you would continue to give us a heart of flesh, despite the places of disappointment, that you would give us the ability to walk gracefully with you. Oh, even in the places where we're just sad. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Amen.